Hi folks, uh, this week's interview, we do talk about sexism and the patriarchy, so you should be aware of that. There will probably also be some discussion of ADHD, because that's just par for the course these days. Alrighty, uh, the next warning is, hello orange cat, you are my next warning. We have animals, they tend to wander through. Are, are you going to stay? Are you going to... You're about to leap. Oh, yeah. So, um, animals will distract us. Animals will make noise. We don't tend to edit them out unless it's, like, really, really... Dire. Dire, yeah. Uh, so, keep that in mind. And finally, we swear. We do. A lot. It's, you know, it's... Uh, I, I understand that t some people would see this as a character flaw, but that's just who we are. Uh, <laughs> and often we're swearing at the cats. Indeed. So, yeah, um, there is that. And that is all I have to say. Um, welcome, everyone, to Productivity Alchemy, episode 237. I have a really good interview with uh, Katie Matuski, um, who does um, productivity and operational consultancy. And it was, I, we had so much fun talking. It was really fun. Um, and I, there's even like mutual fanboying, uh, happening or fan personing as the case may be uh, yes. at, um, at a, a productivity expert that I wish to take classes from hopefully later this year. So oh, cool. Yeah, it is cool. It is cool. Uh, in the meantime, um, I have been having some really good wins at work. Um, and it's, it's good stuff. My boss is happy. Hopefully, my boss's boss will be happy, um, and, uh, you know, all the things I'm doing will make uh, differences in how much money we spend and how much money we make. It's, like, really weird. I have a job that has, like, I... My, my other role in the company was, yes, I have an impact on how much money we take in, but it, it didn't feel as direct. Yeah. Like, the, one of the things about being in a group that is, I'm basically a uh, capacity manager now. Um, I, I, and so one of the things is, you know, I'm dealing with like waste and overage and, um, you know, are we using what we have effectively and how can we identify it and alert on that so that we can correct it? It's, oh, it's <laughs> so good. And it's, it's a real big departure from what I've been doing for the last 20 years. Right, which has all been build systems, make sure systems run, fix systems. Mm -hmm. This is um, this is using my skills in a, a in a completely different way, and I love it. I love every minute of it, even if I'm sitting here swearing <laughs> at um, at things like uh, I needed permissions to be able to do a thing. And so I'm like, okay, this should be easy. So in order to do thing A, I need permissions B. But in order to create permissions B, I need to um, after some discussion, we needed to modify config file C, but we can't modify config file C because it uses a tool that's no longer in date. And so we have to upgrade the entire infrastructure around it. And I'm just like, I just wanted to get logs from this service. <laughs> I didn't realize that I would be, you know, falling into a giant hole of tech debt and attempting to correct it. But that's, I mean, that's the sort of thing that happens. Oh yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's been, it's, I feel satisfied and happy with what i do and um, that's wonderful yeah everyone um, should be able to feel satisfied and happy with what they do yeah and uh we're discussing you know uh like the annual 
salary increase cycle is coming up and we're discussing, you know, ways if, you know, ways to improve my chances for getting one of those for a uh, third year in a row. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's where I'm at. Um, what else have we got going on? I've got a chicken coop to build. Thank you very much, by the way, for the chicken coop. Uh, that was, that was Kevin's birthday present. Right. And, um, uh, and I'm still kind of figuring out where to put it and I need to look at the footprint and things like that. Um, we did have a, an egg moment this week. Yes. Uh, Kevin had to buy eggs at the store for like, like the, a Philistine. Like for the first time in a couple years. Cause I eat, I put eggs in my salad every day. Hard boiled eggs. Yes. Hard boiled eggs. Right. And I went and I'm like, all right, I need eight eggs to do salads this week. And there were four. Some of which were bantam eggs. Some of which were, yeah, I think one of which was a bantam egg. And I'm like, really? It's it's really? the photo period. I mean, yeah. chickens tend to lay less when it's uh, uh, in winter because it's dark. Some of them don't lay at all. Yeah. And uh, you are, in fact, lucky to have two that are laying semi-reliably. And yet I think back to two years ago when it was an egg a day all winter long and our friend... <laughs> Uh, Tucker was like 2,000 chickens. 200 chickens. 200 chickens and no eggs. And I'm like, I got eggs. I don't know what your problem is. Uh, you had you had uh, several hens that were in prime laying yes. time of their life and who were uh, breeds that laid a lot. You you yeah. had a, a, a Dominique and uh, three leg cream bars. leg bars. Yeah. And uh, so they, they laugh at the photo period. Yes, yeah, uh, but we are reaching the point where if Strong Independent is going to lay eggs this year, she might start soon. Yes. Uh, as the days get longer. Um, but, and, um, but, but yeah. She's a seven year old hen. We, we don't expect that, but every now and again, she still drops one because. Yeah, she was. Like brown a... leghorns are machines. She's, yeah, she is. She was out and on my front porch, to, like right outside my window today. And I was like, I haven't seen her up there in months. And both she and Ninja were wandering around. So I guess um, signs even more so than a Groundhog... By the way, it's Groundhog Day um, when we're recording this. But signs even more that spring is coming for me than it being Groundhog Day is the fact that I'm getting chickens on the porch. Chickens are friskier. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I am beginning to feel guilty about not working in the garden. Oh, oh well, it's also getting on towards seed starting season. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a month and a half away from the first order of new chicks arriving. So, yeah, the, no uh, sure sign of spring than the peep peep peeping happening. The uh the problem we're having is that we actually have a a week of or like a week 10 days of travel uh oh, yeah. in March and so I'm like figuring out how I'm going to... Uh, yeah, everything is everything is sort of centered around in yeah. terms of the scheduling. Yeah. So even though I need to start seeds before then, I need to like make sure that uh, it is completely idiot-proof for our, our pet sitter to uh, water right. the, uh, yeah, the starts. Yeah. We'll, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to figure that out. So, and I have some ideas around that now that I think about it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where we are. Yeah, uh, but I that. actually had a very productive week in that I yeah. managed to knock 
like two and a half things off my grand unified to-do list. Ooh. The the big ones. We we uh, I drove up with Liz to get the the Winnebago out of uh away uh Maryland where yes. it was because the part finally came in. And it was fixed. We got it back down here. I got uh the Winnebago, Winnebago. the dude who <laughs> is going to fix the foundation. The new dude. Uh, it's like, emailed me yesterday and was like, can I start tomorrow? And I didn't get it till today. And I was like, well, uh, yeah. So that's good. And, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, finally got all of the flooring from our disastrous flooring oh, install God. back to Lowe's. So it's like two and a half things please, off please the Grand my Unified cord, orange cat. to-do Get, list. Stop that. So. Stop that. Sorry. Here, lick my head. He's talking to the cat. Yeah. The cat likes to groom his bald head. It's hilarious. She's not. She's 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 just standing over my shoulders, but that's better than her attempting to chew on the microphone cable. Yes. So yeah, it's yeah. and now I'm just working on this book, which is due in April. So yeah. and um something I do just to make noise as my days progress is I started Watching all of Law and Order Special Victims Unit from the beginning, 23 seasons worth. Um, and now I actually finished it, and now I don't know, like, I'm listening to podcasts about cults. <laughs> which is fascinating because now I'm actually, like, using some of that for, like, ooh, I bet they have an interesting organizational strategy, or ooh, I'd like to hear more about this. I, I actually. Kevin, ha- please do not start interviewing cult leaders on. Not uh, cult leaders, not cult leaders. To these organize are, your cult. These are the people who, who get out of cults. These are, like, um, uh, I'm listening to one right now. It's hosted by the couple that the uh, one Nexium. Um, a documentary on HBO is about, right? Um, and but I'm also going to. I also have on my to invite. I have a to invite list in an app uh, that Katie actually recommended to me um, of people to invite and a whole workflow around inviting people. And I've uh, I've just added today. I added the um, maintenance phase hosts to it. Oh yeah, because I I would love to hear about how they stay organized and, and all that sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, some of it's been fascinating, right? Um, so you can see, I, I continue, it's much better than when I was on that big mass murderer and, um, uh, uh, documentary kit, uh, kick. So, um, cause that one will bring you down. Like, you know, um, on the other hand, you know, Fascinating, fascinating psychology. Anyway, okay, so uh, maybe I'm just twisted like that. You, and like, no, true crime is like the biggest segment of podcasts, I think. And, well, it isn't even podcasts. Like, I have, uh, I've watched documentaries on... Yeah, you and yeah. everyone else, dear. The only difference is that you're not a middle-aged white woman. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I, I'm not trying to... to no, no, no. But you're, no. this is not aberrant psychology. This is like... Yeah, there's a reason Anne Rule sells in, you know, bestseller every time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. yes. Yeah. So I made you listen to Man from the Train on oh, yeah. uh, a long drive. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was which is brilliant, by the way. Let me make sure we we I link to that. It's been been far too long, yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, so on that grim note, uh, you have a, a interview. I do. That and... uh, is not about serial killing. No. Or cults. So the thing is... <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I mean, it's... Why not... don't we just listen to the podcast, <laughs> to the interview? Yeah, and, uh, and you, y'all, y'all figure it out for yourself. And uh, on that note, yeah, we'll be back right after this. here today with Katie uh, Matuski. I hope I'm saying that right. I didn't ask you beforehand to for correct pronunciation. That's my oversight. Um, and Katie is here to talk to us today about productivity, which is, as you all know, what we do here. Um, Katie, can you do a significantly better job introducing yourself than I just did? Because I think you do a much better job than I just did. <laughs> I'm happy to. Um, thank you so much for having me. My name is Katie Matuski. I am a business operations and productivity consultant, and I help business owners build systems and teams that can run without them. So that is me and what I do. Wow. Okay. So I, I like that you, that the whole goal is to help leaders build teams that can run without them. Yeah, um, systems and, and teams. <laughs> yeah, because one of the things I've noticed, and like I've been through, you know, the productivity trainings and the leadership trainings, and there's always a big talk, at least in the leadership trainings, about being able to hand it off to the next person, right? And so many businesses, so many leaders completely miss that. Like they're going to be in charge all the time. They have to be there. They have to be involved in everything. And so I like hearing that you're actually coaching them on how to make their teams independent so they don't have to basically sit over them. They can go on vacation. Vacation is important and disconnect and that sort of thing. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's so and awesome. Yeah. You're correct too. I, I think a lot of business owners do tend to entangle themselves in their entire operation. Um, where I think the big uh, shift is for us mm -hmm. is we want to make sure that we're allowing them to break free from that. I actually think that many business owners start out that way. They're completely entangled in their business. There's really no way to get around it. Um, but if they mm -hmm. don't disentangle themselves, they literally are at a ceiling. They can't grow. They can't hire. They can't take more clients or customers. Like they do hit a limit where it's now the business is at its breaking point. And if they don't get organized, it's just going to yeah, and uh, also, uh, if they are there constantly and trying to keep their fingers in everything, it's a huge impact on employee morale. Um, it impacts team effectiveness. There's a there's a whole bunch of negative effects that can happen. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Having experienced it, and uh, uh, from the the downstream side, and having been trained on the upstream side of why you need to do it, I understand 
like both sides of it because, man, it sucks. It sucks when you have that manager or leader who's just like, no, I have to be involved all the time because then you, you don't allow people to grow. Right. And they're the bottleneck. So not only are you oh, yeah. not developing your team, but now everything is dependent on you. And then the manager's highly stressed and they're cranky and it's just not good for the organization. So yep. every business starts that way where it's entangled with the leader. But at some point you do have to separate. Otherwise, the business will will hit a limit. Yeah. 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 Um all right, so I know you have dogs. Do you have any other like hobbies or interests that you spend time on outside of work? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I actually used to work as a sommelier many years. Oh wow! Fun fact. So I do collect wine. I also, obviously, having worked in restaurants, I love food, so I love to cook and entertain. And my husband, I love to travel. So we have a lot of different things that we like to do. We're obviously not traveling now, but <laughs> well, yeah, I have, I have the same. I have the same problem. Um, so uh, anywhere good, I have to ask. Um, sure. Um, yeah. For like travel or yeah. Um, Mike and I, I think some of our favorite places have been Norway. We went to Tromsø, Norway, which is above oh. the Arctic Circle. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, yeah. We thought we were going to go there and like see everything and then just like check it off our list. And within six hours of landing, we were already like planning our next trip back to Norway. Um, love Norway. So that was amazing. Uh, we went dog sledding and we chased northern lights. <laughs> We went dog sledding and we chased the northern lights. Um, and we also, um, the food there is fantastic, actually, which I wasn't expecting. Um, but it's really, really good. They have good cuisine up there. Everything about Norway is amazing. We also do a lot of travel around Europe. My husband um, has a lot of clients in Europe. So um, in, the, in the winter, we love to do all the Christmas markets. That's super cool. Like going oh, through yeah. Germany and all of that and just doing the markets, um, visiting the vineyards. And then also... I would say that um, our other favorite thing that we love to do is to find places that like no one knows exist. So like one of our favorite places that we went was six weeks before our wedding. We went to an island called Isle de Porquerolles, which is off the coast of France. Mm -hmm. And it's the one of those places that like they get a lot of Italian and Spanish tourists. But if you yes. don't speak French, you will never get around. Like you literally, <laughs> <laughs> it's just this tiny island. And the cool thing about it is it has a very tiny, like, local population, and at 6 p.m., the last ferry leaves, and if you can get a hotel room on the island, it's just you and, like, maybe two or three other people that are staying and the locals. And so the beaches are all yours. Like, we were opening bottles of champagne on a beach, and we had the entire beach to ourselves. Like, wow, it's okay. magical. So, I yeah, too, we've yeah. taken a lot of trips, but you get the gist. <laughs> I, I was going to say, yeah, I uh, one of my regrets is um, when we were in Iceland, and I so want to go back, is we were in Iceland in August and then Finland in August. So we did not get to see the Northern Lights. But even though it felt like we saw so much in Iceland, and it's a small country, and, you know, there's really only the one major city, Reykjavik, I don't feel like it, there's still so much we didn't get to see in Reykjavik in, like, a, a week. And so we're like, okay, we, I want to go back. Um, and I think we're going to have to go back at least at a time when we can see the Northern Lights, and it isn't light 24 hours a day, right? So, yes. 
Now, the Norwegians right. would say that they are warmer. So that was kind of the cool thing about Tromsø <laughs> is it's mm-hmm. above the Arctic Circle, but we weren't dying from cold. <laughs> so that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's the nice thing about Iceland is because it's a still sort of an active volcano, volcanic island. It has it is cold, but warmer than you would expect for being where it is. Yes, um, exactly. That's exactly yeah. what, what Tromso is like. Exactly. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Helsinki is what I expected. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I just I could spend another two weeks in, in Finland, too, just. Just there wasn't enough time to see all the things while we were in Finland. So, and Finland's much bigger. So it is. It is large mm-hmm. and cold. Yeah. cold. <laughs> and cold. cold. Even even August, it can get pretty chill. Yes. <laughs> so with all that going on, how do you keep yourself organized? Sure. Um. So we. I actually run my business and my life out of ClickUp. Mm-hmm. So I'm a digital person. I don't do paper mm-hmm. planners. Um, I am an elder millennial, so I remember the pen and paper days. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel nostalgia for them, but there comes a point where I literally cannot keep my life together without all these reminders anymore. So um, that is the main place where we not only are running our business, you know, sending communications to our clients, running my personal life, planning all our trips. Yeah. Everything happens. I, I, in there. I missed I missed the actual name of the app. That's the part. That's... Oh, the software? Yes. ClickUp. ClickUp. Okay. Yeah. This one is new to me. It's I new like to I've you? heard the name but I've never <gasps> actually looked at it. Oh no. Uh-oh. Don't you're going to don't look at it. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. I uh, know. I have I have an excuse to look at it. This is this is my hobby, right? Now, it's... now I yeah. If you, well, yeah, because it's your hobby, that's what I'm saying. You're going to go down like a dark alley. We're not going to see you for two months. You're going to be checking out all the things you can do. Um, ClickUp is really, it's really powerful. And they're mm-hmm. they're really trying to pivot away from being a task-based system and mm-hmm. moving into things like CRM and, um, you know, having client profiles and things like that. So um, it's a great platform for anybody that runs a business. Um, it's probably one of the best options for you if you want a platform that is going to grow with you. Um, mm-hmm. you're, it's probably going to take you a long time to outgrow ClickUp, which is is kind of a plus as a business owner. But as a, my husband is also an entrepreneur. He also runs his businesses in ClickUp, so yeah, it yeah. makes total sense that like our personal <laughs> life is also in also ClickUp. Sort of, yeah, yeah, right in there, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I use it for everything from meal planning and tracking recipes I want to try to reminding myself to buy all the greeting cards we need for the year in January. Like mm-hmm. I have all those lists just loaded in. So it, wow, it makes it a lot okay. easier. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, yeah. And I, I always like looking at all in one apps yes. because I, I love my, I, I like flip back and forth between. I want to use individual apps that talk to talk to the to my service of choice, which is you know my back end is Google because it's and for most things like mail and calendar, but like tasks and notes and things, I'm an Apple person, so it's all iCloud because it's so much easier to sync. <laughs> um, but every so often, I'm like, I I want 
an all-in-one, and then I'm like, no, I need the individual apps, because it's, so it, it flips back and forth. So it'd be really interesting, because I haven't really looked at ClickUp as an all-in-one kind of solution. Yeah, it, it definitely can be, um, mm -hmm. but what I would say is do not start in ClickUp. So you probably already know what your <laughs> systems are. Mm -hmm. um, if you go into ClickUp and you're like, I'm going to learn ClickUp, I'm going to learn how to do everything in ClickUp, you could spend two years learning about all the features in ClickUp and you'll get right. overwhelmed. So just start with your systems and build those mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. kind of figure out what you need. Yeah, but okay. it's highly powerful. And then thinking of systems, you've just got a perfect segue right there. Um, <laughs> what systems and habits are you using or important to you? Are valuable to me, yeah. Um, yeah. I think um, I think that the one of the biggest habits that has really served me in life has been mm -hmm. working one month ahead. So okay. whether it's business or personal, whatever I'm working on in January is to get me ahead for what needs to happen in February. So um, that could be something as simple as in January, I'm shopping for the February birthdays, or it could right. be something like if we're doing social or we're launching something in March, then everything associated with that happens in February. So it gives myself and my team a lot more flexibility to move things around when you move one month mm -hmm. ahead, because then if you have a bad day or you get behind, you're still on time. Everything's yep. fine. Um, it, it makes it a lot easier when you manage people and you have a team oh, yeah. because if they get behind or their kids get sick, you don't have to be like that jerk boss. They have that room, right, mm -hmm. to, to take those days. So I think that's probably like the biggest one. Um, beyond that, it's capturing everything. Um, I'm obsessed okay. with Tiago Forte and his para method. Yes. Oh, I love that. para. Yes. Yes. So I use Milanote as my digital notebook and I try to capture like literally every thought, every piece of research, everything that I have to build that digital brain. So that's a big one. I'm really passionate about his method. I've used it for years. It has never steered me wrong. Um, <laughs> so I cannot say enough good things about him. Um, so so, and, I, so yeah. now I have to ask because I've Where? been looking at the building a second brain course now. Okay. For like a year and haven't been able like haven't been able to justify the expense how is it have you taken it yes um i got in early right because okay, I, yeah. I was able to kind of find him when he was really kind of coming up and coming but um i yes i would say if you are interested in completely changing everything you thought you knew about mm -hmm. what it means to be productive like there are certain things about para, like separating projects versus responsibilities that will literally change anyone's life. I don't care if you're a housewife mm. or a business owner, like that will change your life alone. Um, but everything in that course is very detailed and he gives mm -hmm. a lot of examples and he walks you through it. Have you taken some of his other like, um, you know, how he did like those. He was doing trainings on those uh, plat learning platforms for a while where you could like. Um, no, for the name of the companies. Okay. So you haven't taken anything. I haven't taken um, anything yet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's worth the money and I think okay. that it's going to change everything you thought you knew about your personal workflow and how you work. Yes. Which will, which will be interesting because I, I also recently changed roles and went from a, um, reactive role to more of a, a, a proactive group who's building out like new code and new things and not fixing or improving. I mean, we're going, we're fixing and improving things, but we're, we're 
for lack of a better term, we're greenfielding, right? Yeah. And so it's uh, it's about the right time in in the cycle, I guess, to be looking at that sort of a, a paradigm shift. And I've just been following uh, Tiago Forte for quite some time, and the building a second brain and waiting. So I think I think I'm going to do it with this next course set. Um, and, uh, as long as it's happening when I'm actually in town and, um, yeah. but, um, but I, I saw there's a whole bunch of remote options now and it's not like an in-person thing. So, um, and there's such a huge value in the course. Like, uh, I, I noticed, did you, did you opt for the lifetime? Yeah. Subscription so I get thing? all the okay. updates. Yeah. And oh, honestly, wow. like he is like, not only is he brilliant. But, like, he has truly dedicated his life to understanding how to get work done. Like, right. I can't think of anyone else in the productivity of his space that I actually even respect as much as him. <laughs> like, there are a lot of people that want to give mm-hmm. us, like, hacks, right? Or they, like, yeah. that you know, he actually will talk to you in that course, like, well, how exactly are you even quantifying productivity? What does that look like for you? Right. Like, right. He's getting into it with us. So if you're into it, if you love productivity and workflows, take it. Hands okay. Down. Yeah. So what you're saying <laughs> is we're we're looking at uh, he's rapidly becoming the next uh, Stephen Covey or David Allen. Yeah, he's way yeah. better than some of the other people in that field. Yeah. Like heads and tails. Well, yeah. I, I I had a question come across to say what would you consider the canon of productivity books, and I'm like, uh, really the first two that always come to mind are Seven Habits for Highly Effective People. And David Allen's getting things done because almost everything since then has been derivative. Yes, um, and some yeah. of some of Tiago's stuff could be derivative of GTD. I don't right. think it's all original, but he takes it so much farther. I mean, even when you're looking yeah. at GTD, you can see where some of his principles are based on the Covey method, the right. Franklin Covey methods, right? Um, so. Yeah, okay, so totally justified with my copy of Building a Second Brain on pre-order through Amazon. So when the book comes in, I'll have that. But now also talking to someone who's actually done the course, now I'm really psyched to take that because yes. it sounds like it will do it'll do amazing things. Yes, there are some things that he does that mm-hmm. I haven't loved, like the planning sessions right. when he does those. Like right. those are like I don't need them, but the the course itself learned mm-hmm. a ton, completely changed my workflow permanently. Okay. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I'm also uh, well, you can't see it through the camera. The print's too <laughs> small. I'm I'm also a certified Scrum master, and I've you know done project management. So anything I can add to that toolkit is incredibly valuable, which is how I found building a second brain in the first place. So, okay. Yeah. Now you've yeah. got me excited. You yeah. should be, especially because mm-hmm. like, I think it's the other side of project management, right? So like mm-hmm. if you're learning Six Sigma or you're getting into, um, you right. know, productivity from like a, a standpoint of business, you're learning about things like efficiency and operations mm-hmm. and how to, you know, how to really streamline and make things more efficient, but you're not right. really ever stepping back and saying, but what am I doing on a daily basis to even just organize my computer? Or what am I doing on a daily basis to even just yeah. manage my responsibilities and my projects in a way that it's all actually going to be able to get done? Like, I, yeah, just implementing para changed my change. Yes. Uh, so many things. <laughs> uh, for those of you who haven't read up on para yet, it, it's, really like a folder structure 
that allows you to find things quickly based on uh, and you you do a triage and now all of my sync services all of my different sync services all have the same file structure all of my machines have the same you know structure so now when I want to find a project for work on my work machine I know exactly where to look versus you know uh, my personal projects although if it weren't for uh, obvious reasons, I would probably sync those directories so I have the same, so I literally have the same documents everywhere, right? But, right, ideally. Um, uh, yeah. Mine are properties a little now. funny about that, yeah. Yeah, he is <laughs> yeah. very particular about it, and it makes sense. Like, if you had a large organization, it does make sense that everything is mirrored, because, like, how would you even communicate to somebody at that point that it's not right, going right. to look the same? But I think that like even just understand the difference. So even if you didn't do the file system, like mm -hmm. every time I talk to a housewife and I explain to her, if you understand the difference between a project and a responsibility, meaning that your laundry is a responsibility, it is never yep. off your plate. You do it and five minutes yep. later, somebody threw something in the hamper, right? Versus your projects, which are like one and done, like buying Christmas presents is a project. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like once they understand that difference and how they need to fit those things differently across their week, it's life changing for them. Like, yeah, everybody needs Tiago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to I got to I got to get him on the show. That's what I have to do now is I have Please to get him on do. the show. Yeah. I um, love that. Yeah. I it, sometimes I send the invitation off and or the request off and it hits a void and sometimes not. So um, I've I've. Uh, Tiago's been one of the people I've always been a little, you know, I, I'm a little scared of actually attempting and getting it. Yeah. So. No, he's so much better than some of the other ones that are famous. Like, <laughs> not only is he better because he's smarter than them, but he's better because he actually cares. Like, he's not in it mm -hmm. for like a quick buck. Like, he would love to talk oh, productivity yeah. with anybody. Yeah. 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 So, and <laughs> I love to talk productivity with everybody. Um, <laughs> Okay, so let's uh, okay, let's stop the yeah. Diego fan personing and yeah. um, <laughs> um, what what other what other systems uh, uh, fit into this um, yeah, or sure. habits are, are really useful. Yes, so working one month ahead using Para, um, I think other useful habits that I've picked up across the way is I always do like a, a download. So. Whether it's personal or professional, again, um, you know, just to use like a layman term example, uh, Christmas. Mm -hmm. If I'm hosting Christmas the next morning, mm -hmm. I will sit down at my computer with a massive cup of coffee and I just download everything that happened. Aunt Jean okay. loved the cinnamon rolls. <laughs> we ran out of coffee. I, for you know, I got the knife sharpened, but I didn't like the place I used. And I'll just mm -hmm. download it. And then year after year, it's like you have these back notes. Mm -hmm. That then when you go to host the holiday again the next year, you're like remembering all those things you never would have remembered because right, you have right. it all written down. Like you're not going to go into it forgetting that you need to restock on pie plates or something. And yeah. so that is another thing that I've learned. Whenever we do a big project, I sit down, I do a postmortem with myself and I'm just like mm -hmm. writing through everything that I did, what went well, what didn't go well. And I find that that is immensely helpful because humans are forgetful. You will yeah. not remember what you think you're going to remember next Christmas. You're just not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, um, I was just one of the, the senior people, uh, 
running a department at a, at a um, gaming festival. Yes. Uh, and one of the things I did, like, as soon as I got home, uh, well, not as soon as I got home, because when I got home, <laughs> I was exhausted, because I just right. spent, you know, five days basically on call. Um, but uh, I guess I got home on Sunday. Monday, I wrote up a Google form and sent a survey out to everybody to say, okay, what went well? What do you think didn't go well? Where can we... Um, you know, where can we improve? And uh, any general feedback, be as blunt or as salty as you want to be. And it's been fantastic because that also gives me direct feedback from my team. Yes. Right? Which, yeah. which, you know, is helpful in so many ways. <laughs> yeah, Sometimes yeah. it can identify if you've got the wrong member on your team, but also it, mm-hmm. it can, it really does like you can't see everything. Right. Mm -hmm. You as the business leader, you're never seeing everything that happened for those five days. And so you need that feedback from everybody else around you because they caught things you miss. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Especially especially when like in this situation, I have six hours on and 12 hours off, which would occasionally mean more like 10 hours on. And, (laughs) you know, um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, because, well, I mean, when you're. Running a essentially sort of con- convention security department, twenty four hours a day, it's things bleed over. I mean, it, we're those of us in senior positions are used to. Okay, I've seen two shift changes for the people who are checking badges at doors. Maybe I need to take a break now, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and really trying to schedule my people so they get those breaks, and then observe my own breaks because. You know how it is. Um, yes, <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, yeah, uh, so there's that. I, yeah, and yeah. I have a team that I can trust. So when I walk away, I know things will get done. It's just you're right. There's those hours when I'm, I don't know what's going on or what everybody's, what else is there other than what's logged in our our event log, and then I can read that, but that doesn't give me some of the feels, right? No, and the other hard thing too with team members is if you have good ones there's a good chance that at least one of them is trying to not alert you of every problem, right? Because they're trying to handle it or whatever. And then you would never even know that it happened if you didn't get that feedback later. So super critical to like anytime you're doing a project or anything big that you don't do every single day, do that download. Mm -hmm. Um, Another big habit that I've gotten into that I really like is six hour work blocks. So my goal is always that I work from 6 a.m. to noon, and then by noon, my day is done. The reason I picked six hours is because that's pretty much the best brain hours I've got, right? Like beyond that point, I'm answering emails or something, but the creative work of building systems for operations is no longer happening after six hours. Um, And then I have the whole rest of the day to clean the house and work dinner, and it Mm -hmm. it is... Mm -hmm. It is so nice to just get it out of the way by noon. Like I, if everyone could have that kind of flex work schedule, I can't even tell you. Like it changes your life. <laughs> I, as as I, I've been, I've been a remote worker now for um, eleven years. Okay, yeah, it's already been eleven years. So I, so I already know uh, how some of that works. There are always the constraints because of you know I'm in the IT industry that there will be a meeting scheduled or whatever. But it is also you know it also allows me to say all right. Here's a, I'm going to take a 10 minute break and do the dishes. I'm going to do, take a, you know, five minutes and start thawing the chicken for dinner tonight. Or, um, 
take 10 minutes and go collect eggs from the chickens. Um, <laughs> because, you know, right. I mean, there's, I, I, I did a whole thing on somebody else's a couple years about, about why chickens make me more productive. And it's because if I go out there, chickens do that Zen thing of existing in the moment. And it makes me start to ramp down and start to exist sort of in that same moment. And anyway, that's a whole other discussion. Um, it's but true yeah. though, because you're in front of your computer 24/7. You work in tech, like you. If you don't take a minute to go look at like nature, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like I hate to say it, but it's like step outside, right? Like please yeah. get out of the office for five minutes. It'll change your life. Like I agree with that. It we need mm-hmm. breaks. That's another big yeah. thing. Um, yeah. I admittedly don't really take any in that six hour block because I'm just trying to get it all done. Um, but yes, breaks are definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got an app, um, that, yeah. They, hello, orange cat. Are you here? I'm going to turn off my keyboard so you don't accidentally stop the recording. <laughs> that's a thing you'll do. Um, that floofy uh, tail. yes, orange cat. Okay. So, um, what does it say is I have an app that will automatically, will look at my calendar and automatically schedule focus time where I've got open spaces. And then yeah. if. I have to take uh, like accept a meeting in one of those focus time blocks. It will reassign things and try to make sure I get X amount of focus time every week, um, which is great. Um, like I think today and tomorrow I have some, you know, my afternoons are focus time and that's perfect because that's when I, that's when my brain cycles happen. Right. Yeah. I know a lot of people talk about early mornings. I'm terrible at that, but well, yeah, you got to know yeah. your, know your time frame. <laughs> yeah. But if I can get rolling, you know, if I get like chewing on something around one or 2 PM, I might go to seven or eight, just constantly pushing forward on that same thing. So yeah, if I can, no. the, if I can get the focus time. Yeah, for sure. Um, I love that. Let me, I'm going to run and grab him really quick. So he doesn't. Oh yeah, it's yeah, fine. Sorry. It's fine. <laughs> I had to use my stern voice. All right. Oh no. Um. Oh no, not the not the stern. That's like when I have to use uh, the dad voice on uh, an attendee who's running down the halls or whatever. I can look. Or no, I had uh, we had a drunk. I mean, that's common at these conventions, right? But yeah. like he comes in, and the, he comes in, and I'm like, I'm very disappointed in you with the with the dad voice. And do you understand why we had to take your badge away from you last night? And you sort of watch them shrivel. It's um, <laughs> the stern voice. Yeah, yeah. There, there are two two ways to yeah. Um, so yeah, you, we've already started to talk about this. What does your typical day look like? So you're up at yeah, you're yeah. up at six. Or yes. Are you up I'm up before six. So at five, I get up. My husband is this darling thing where he sets an alarm, but he doesn't get up. I do. And then (laughs) (laughs) um, he sleeps in. I go down. I pack his lunch. I brew the coffee. Mm -hmm. I feed the dogs. I take him out. And then once I get everybody, like, fed and out of my hair, I go Mm -hmm. up to the office and I try to just, like, work as hard as I can from six to noon to get through my list as fast as I can. Um, Usually that looks like uh, catching up with the international clients first because I'm in Chicago. So um, 6 a.m., 7 a.m., I can still kind of catch the people that are in South Africa, Australia, Mm -hmm. Europe. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, once I've kind of caught up with them, I usually have like, depending on the day of the week, specific projects that I'm working on. And Mm -hmm. um, my team kind of knows not to bother me. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I'm kind of like, if you, if it's an emergency, get me, but please don't be slacking me. For yeah. Trying to get through my project. I, that's like a constant battle as a leader mm -hmm. is not only like keeping your focus under control, but like teaching your team that like not, not everything needs to be addressed in the moment that the notification comes in. Oh, abso like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a battle. But so they kind of are learning, like, leave me be in the morning so I can get things done. And then as soon as like lunchtime's hitting and they're mm -hmm. all getting through their first projects of the day, that's when I kind of like touch base with them, see how things are going. Mondays and Fridays, I always have meetings with my integrator. So on Mondays, we go over everything that's happening in the business for the week. And we just make sure that if there's somebody you need to follow up with, if there's a client concern, anything like that, we know yeah. at the beginning of the week. Fridays, we do our client reviews. So I look at every client account and I make sure that they're happy. I kind of rate where I think they're at with us. Um, and I, I check on the projects to make sure we're on time. And then I send them their updates. But that's my work day. And then afternoon, I kind of, um, you know, I stretch my legs, eat lunch. And, and then that's when I start going into the cleaning the house and working out and cooking dinner. Um, you know, it's it's all those <laughs> yeah, <no>. keeping tasks. <laughs> very glamorous um and then usually at night my husband and i like to watch tv as we're old people <laughs> uh, hey preaching to the choir are you watching anything good because always we're always. record cutters and so we just binge watch shows um we watched i think i mean when the new marvel shows come out we'll watch those as they're happening uh but like right now um in honor of betty white uh, we've been rewatching the Golden Girls, like from episode one onward. Uh, That's awesome. And, yeah, before that, I, we watched all of Columbo, um, all of Columbo, and then I think we're, we 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 paused Murder She Wrote in order to go watch <laughs> Golden Girls. So we'll go back to that. Like, yeah, that's that's how we do it. Um, and yeah. Then, yeah. Um, we are always watching good shows. Uh, usually my husband finds them. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he's the one that knows the names of all of them. But um, we recently were watching Station Eleven, and I think we just finished that. Oh, I think I just um, heard really good things about that. It's, you know, well, I think probably the most fascinating thing about it for me is that, um, from what I understand, they've kind of like created the whole thing before COVID. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it was very random that it happened to be like on theme with everything, but yeah. um, it was imaginative and beautiful and interesting. And you weren't really sure where the story was going to take you. So I really liked that. Um, yeah, there, there's a bunch. And of course, the second somebody asks you, you can't remember, but um, yeah, no. We we definitely like have way too many subscriptions. Like I think we just had to subscribe to AMC for a show. <laughs> it's like that's how they get you, right? Like they get the one uh, yeah. show, and then you're just another ten well, bucks a month. <laughs> my, my my big weakness, my big weakness is horror movies. Mm. I love horror movies, and so yeah, my add-on subscriptions are like shutter and full moon and you know of course and so anytime if i and i love to have a good like when i'm working and focusing on something having a stupid schlocky 
80s horror movie that is, you know, basically screams, chainsaws, and flashy colors happening all the time. I, this probably makes me a terrible person. But, um, no. you know, where I can just sit there and do this and I don't have to think about what's going on. It's just that if I need to look, if I need something to focus on while my brain does its background processing, I can look up and it's, I haven't missed anything because obviously it's not like, you know, it's not like the conjuring or something you have to really pay attention to. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I think, um, I agree with you. I think that's why we like to watch TV because my husband and I both run businesses. And by the time, like, mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes my whole day is just constant, like, notifications and answering questions. And so, like, I just want to, like, sit down and not have to think about anything difficult <laughs> when I get to the end of my day. I just want to, like, zone out and watch something that takes me somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I totally understand. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Believe me, I understand completely. Anything good on weekends then? Um, when you break the, when I'm sure you break out of that cycle. Um, uh, what do we do on the weekends? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, right now with the way things are, we're still just kind of hanging out. I think that. Um, yeah. My husband and I are not that couple that like does puzzles together or anything like that. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not fun that way. Like we really do just kind of work during the morning still on the weekends because we don't really mm -hmm. have anywhere to go. And then during the evening, we relax and watch TV again. Like it's yeah. very, COVID life is pretty predictable. <laughs> I, I was, yeah. Even, even pre COVID though, one of the things we, well, one of the things we started doing more post COVID is like the dump is only, I live in the middle of nowhere. Right. And the yeah. dump is only open it's no longer open on Sunday. So Saturday is like dump day. So we'll make a dump run. We'll go get lunch and then we'll play Pokemon go for a while. Cause yeah. that's like our one shared activity or one of our shared activities when we're not traveling or doing something for, for uh, an event or something like that. Um, and that, that has been just great in terms of, you know, at least getting me out of the house one, sometimes two days a week. Cause otherwise, um, <laughs> When was the last time I left? I, I left the property um, Saturday when I drove my kid back to school. Yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of how it is for me. Like, unless I'm taking mm -hmm. a dog to a vet appointment, I'm really not leaving the house. I think the only difference yeah. for us between weekdays and weekends is on weekends we drink wine with dinner. <laughs> <laughs> right, and then on the weekdays we're just like our normal water with dinner. It's very uh, glamorous life I lead. <laughs> yeah, I'm, every everybody's like, oh, it must be wonderful. I'm my wife's an author. Um, yeah, and so and you know, sort of the award-winning blah blah blah. Um, everybody who listens is sick to death. I'm sure by now of me lauding her on these interviews. Um, but there's always that, you know, oh, it must be so entertaining. No, we're actually pretty boring at the end of the day. I like um, that, though. Like, the yeah. older I get, the more I like it. Like, I like that we just like hanging out at home together. I like yeah. that that's enough. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's there's always something new for us to stream or to chat about. Mm -hmm. And, like, my husband and I, like, we do talk about our businesses a lot. And we'll troubleshoot things and we'll look at things together. He's a mechanical engineer. I'm an operations person. But oh, together, yeah. we both love mm -hmm. to solve problems, right? So, yeah, like, yeah. 
that's probably our shared thing is we're constantly talking to each other about each other's businesses. But like beyond that, like our businesses are kind of like our hobby. We love them. We're, we're passionate about mm-hmm. them. And, and so when we're relaxing together, it's natural that we just keep talking about that. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think people would think we were less boring if we were still traveling and entertaining. Right. Like, I think that's the thing <laughs> yeah, yeah. is that I'm not entertaining. I'm not hosting parties. I'm not hopping on a plane every three months. And so, <laughs> yes, listening to me today, my life sounds boring. But two years ago, you'd probably think I had like a super glamorous life. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and now that we're starting to be able to do events again um, and the invitations for her to make appearances are coming in, it's uh, it's it's definitely a shift. Um, and. I'm like, for the first time in 10 years, I actually have a balance on my, uh, you know, a positive balance on my vacation days. It's like, I'm actually going to, ha- I may actually have to spend some uh, or more uh, because uh, I might hit use it or lose it this yeah. year, which has never happened in my career. Not even with, you know, taking time off, I'm still accruing for once faster than <laughs> I spend for the first time in like a decade. It's a really weird feeling. Um, so I'm looking forward to these events because it's it's also nice to be able to say, hey, um, like Worldcon's in Chicago this year. And so, yes. hey, we're going to go to Chicago for Worldcon because we always, uh, we try to go to Chicago uh, or we try to go to Worldcon um, every year if there's a, a good reason. And, um, you know, there are other events I can't announce yet because they aren't officially announced that we'll be doing as the year progresses. And I'm, I'm stoked to be able to do them again and also not have a vacation balance. But I'm like, crap, am I going to have to take time off just to take time off? Which isn't yeah. a bad thing. You should take time off just to take time <laughs> off. But it's bad, I guess, when you're forced to do it because you didn't take it off. Yeah, I kind of feel like mm-hmm. if you are, you know, it just me personally, like working mm-hmm. with corporations, I, I can tell you that they don't really care what I think. But <laughs> <laughs> like I, the corporate clients that I have, I can guarantee you that like two people mm-hmm. care about what I'm telling them. And then the other 20 are like, we're still going to do what we want. So um, but for I always have felt like if somebody actually is just investing in your business and they just keep showing up and they keep working and they're accruing those mm-hmm. vacation days, like if the day comes and they want to take six months off, like, let them. That's how I feel. Like, why yeah, are we taking yeah. them away? Like, you know, I don't know. I think Americans work hard enough. Like, let's just. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Stop telling them they're going to lose their vacation days if they don't take one. Right? <laughs> like, just let them let them have them. <laughs> I, 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 when I was a contractor at IBM, December was when everything sort of, it started to turn into a ghost town because there would be all these non, like permanent employees who would have use it or lose it days. And so like, I, I knew one guy who basically starting the first week of November, he'd just take every Friday off because if he didn't spend it, he was going to lose it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or they would work hard all the way up to December and then just take the month of December off because they could. Right. And, and I, I mean, that's amazing. I, I think mm-hmm. that I was just reading, I think yesterday, they were saying that one of the ways that corporations are going to start attempting to negotiate with new hires, if they can't afford to pay them more is to start offering four day work weeks. I'm a huge fan of that. Yeah. I, you know, um, <laughs> go ahead. The, the, there's an ongoing discussion with the company I work for internally about, maybe a four day work week because uh, 
It was the greatest thing. They started at least twice a month just saying, these are shutdown days for your mental health during the pandemic. And so we've had them for a year and a half, and we love them. Yes. Um, you know, because we get a four-day work week, and then we get whatever, and then it everybody's really sort of in favor of, could we shift to a four-day work week? And then, of course, the problem comes up that, you know, we're also a publicly traded company, so what are the investors going to think? And that's, you know... That's a whole well, other problem. Yeah. And the customers, right? So, like, if you mm -hmm. look at, like, work across the decades, um, mm -hmm. every decade there was, like, one thing that businesses were positioning themselves around to say, this is why you should do business with us. or this is why you mm -hmm. should buy our products, right? And right. so, like, example would be Dell computers in the 90s. You could build your own custom computer. No one had ever seen that before, right? They were the right. first ones to do it. And so that was the decade at of, large scale, at large yes. scale and commercially, because I built my own computers even before yes. that. But yeah, um, yes. we were all learning computers back in the day. I, I was in the computer yeah. club in school and building. But yes, you're right. On a commercial <laughs> scale, when we were selling to retail, right. they, they were the first company to do it. And and that was the sort of the beginning of that. Like you, everything is custom to the customer. Right. And, and so every right. decade had something like that. Like if you were around in the 60s, you probably remember your parents like testing electronics before they brought them home, because that was before they got to the point that manufacturing could just literally manufacture things without flaws. Right. Like, I, I'm not that old. No, but so. <laughs> you, you're probably aware on some level that people yeah. used to do that. Right. Yeah. And so I think that. The big thing in the 2000s, right, and, and even the 2010s, as the Internet was becoming more prevalent, was 24-7. Mm -hmm. You can call us, yep. we're around, you can always get access mm -hmm. to us. That was, like, the big draw. And customers have gotten very used to that, like, right. very addicted to, I can call my utility at 8 p.m. and somebody picks up. And so that is going to be the battle for American corporations because the customers are not necessarily even on board with the employees having four-day work weeks. It's it's one really the, crazy. Yeah, one of the glorious things about the company I work for and uh, also refreshing is because we're international, we're actually to do able to do things like follow the sun support. So, or if if I'm on call, like there's a point where I we have all the processes, all the protocols where I can hand it off to the next person in the rotation and walk away. I don't have to say, well, I'm on call. I'm handling this issue. I have to work 10 extra hours because there's no, you know, whatever. We have it all set up so that, yeah, support. If support, someone calls into our support at 11 o'clock at night, they're going to get our people in Australia or China or, you know, something like that. If they call in at, uh, 9 a.m. Eastern, they're going to get U.S.-based people, or maybe they'll get Europe because it hasn't handed over yet. But we, we have all of that set up, and I think more companies need to look at more follow-the-sun things. Um, because, yeah, that whole 24-hour cycle, if you're trying to deliver that without actually staffing appropriately or scheduling appropriately or, or building the infrastructure to do it, it will kill you. Yeah, um, it falls apart. Yeah. But like mm -hmm. a lot of these companies have gotten so used to being able to like even in America, like, uh, you know, there are corporations mm -hmm. that have all American employees and yep. they will have forced overtime where those employees mm -hmm. end up working 12 hours a day. Those corporations yeah. don't want to hire extra people. 
Right. Yeah. And so that's yeah. the, that is the battle that we're up against is mm-hmm. like, they're going to look at it. Like, why do I have to spend extra money to improve your quality of life? And I think this is going to be the interesting battle that we're going to watch play out over the next 10 years, because I, I do think that at, on some level, most Americans want to catch up to the nor nor like the oh, Norwegian yeah. countries that, mm-hmm. you know, Scandinavian countries that have just really like started to invest back in quality of life for their people. Yeah. I think there is a fair amount of Americans that are like, we're ready for that. <laughs> and I, I, I think the, um, what, what, what's now being called, I think uh, the great resignation. Yeah. Is, is like one of the opening salvos in that as people are like, what do you mean? I can't continue to work from home. It's been great for two years. And now you're saying I have to come into this office every day. I have to, all of this extra expense, all of this extra time. Um, no, I'm going to find a company that, or I'm going to find some place. Well, they, to were, work yeah. they were lying, right? They yes. were basically lying to their employees saying it's impossible to do your job. from. And most of the people that want to drive people back to the office are managers. And yes. I do agree with the theory that many mm-hmm. managers, because they're not implementers, right? So if you think about yep. who gets promoted in an organization, it's the talker. Yep. <laughs> it's the person that networks, right? Not the person that does things. <laughs> Um, so, of course, they want to drag all the employees back to the office, because if they are not there to supervise you or survey you to make sure right. that you're doing your job, what are they doing? Right. And so, yeah, yeah, it's like it's it's really going to be, I think, fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of the best things that came out of COVID is that oh, companies yeah. were forced to let people work from home. And now the employees are kind of like, no, actually, I've been doing my job from home for two years we just tested it and proved mm-hmm. that I can do my job from home. So give me the real reason. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> and I, I think back to, I was job hunting and I was, I was coming out of one full-time remote position. I'd been there for seven years and I was looking for the next thing. And I like, there's a company, it seemed like perfect for my job. And I'm like, well, what do you have remote? Because I have been remote for all this time. And they're like, Oh yeah. Um, yes, we, we do have a remote work. Um, after you've been with us for X number of months, um, you can work from home one day a month. And I'm like, that is not remote work. No. <laughs> like, what is that person? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> okay, so it's been lovely talking with you, uh, Mr. Recruiter, but no. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I got lucky, and now I work for a company that's remote first. Um, so they've been designed from the ground up to be distributed. It's been fantastic. Um yeah. Even just as a business owner, like set mm-hmm. yourself up so you can just work from anywhere. Like don't yeah. <laughs> don't try to make things in person if you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. No, your people will be happier. You'll be happier, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, are we ready for the uh, fun questions? I think sure. they're fun anyway. Okay. Yeah. Um. Starting at the very beginning, uh, what do you? What is the best advice you have been given, or the best advice you would give someone else, or both? Um, yes. So I think <laughs> <laughs> the best advice that I've ever been given as a business owner came from my husband. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like whenever I'm having a really hard day, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which happens oh, in yeah. business. Um, he will literally like come up to me wherever I am and he'll be like, you cannot fail if you don't quit. And he'll just keep saying it to me over and over. And this is like, this is how, you know, you married the right person, right? Cause like who (laughs) you marry, I feel like people don't understand this. 
like when they're younger. But I think who you marry is probably one of the most important decisions you ever make in your life because it's going to literally define whether or not you're happy with your life, you get along with you. <laughs> like I, they can they can help you soar, they can hinder you. Like you've got to pick that right person. Yeah. Yeah. And and so he has always been really good at helping me remember that as long as I don't quit, I will get mm-hmm. through whatever is giving me a really hard time. So that's my favorite piece of advice to give yeah. to business owners. Um, I think beyond that, work month one month ahead is. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 <laughs> if no. I no, could no. tattoo it, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Who says you can't? I know, right? <laughs> I mean, you're, 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 I'm not. One I'd, ha- to I'd have to explain it everywhere I went. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have to explain yours everywhere you go, right? It's like, oh, where did you get that one for? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I can. I I have the litany that right down to the. I got that one because I thought it was awesome, and so deal with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and that actually leads us into our very. Next question. Um, as soon as I change notebooks, because for whatever reason it did a thing. I love the remarkable too, but every so often when I'm writing on it, or I've got it, it like zooms in super big and won't unzoom. And so let's just close the notebook, reopen it. Okay. All right. Next question. The as I have been, uh, as as I have come to understand it over the years, the easy but sad question. Um, and it ties into that piece of advice, uh, which, and I got this one. I haven't talked about this in a while. Um, I read all of Schlock Mercenary, an online webcomic. And one of the things in it is the 70 maxims of maximally effective mercenaries. And the, the last one of them, number 70 says, and I've got a challenge coin I keep in my pocket with this on it. This is how important this one is to me, is failure is not an option. It's mandatory. The option is whether or not to let failure be the last thing you do. And so, how do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal? Organize and keep going. I mean, I hate to say it, but like there comes a point in your life as a business owner where you're just failing so many times that it's just part of your day. Um, yeah. <laughs> I. It's just... Um, I think that's something that I learned watching him because I don't feel mm-hmm. like we teach and I don't mean to like make this a sexist conversation, but I don't feel no, like no. we teach women grit. Okay. I think that like growing up, little girls are not taught grit. They're not taught like if you fall over 800 times, you're going to still get up. Right. Like or somebody's going to trip you. Like, you yeah. Need to- <laughs> Yeah, I feel like as as a female, I didn't learn that as a kid. I didn't learn how to negotiate. I didn't learn probably mm-hmm. every skill I needed for my business. And so I've learned those things watching my husband. And so I think mm-hmm. that that's a big part of being a business owner is it's just like part of your day. You're going to fail at things. If you don't try it, you're never going to figure it out. Um, right. And, and so for us, because we're problem solvers, because we're so analytical, it's just natural. I think people mm-hmm. that are more... Um, empaths or people that are more emotional um or they feel all their feelings you know <laughs> i think yeah. those people they struggle more with failure because mm-hmm. they sit with it longer i think that's yeah. the big shift right if you're an analytical yep. person and you're always just trying to solve the problem you don't feel the pain as much because you're just trying to solve it and so i think right. that people that have more of those like emotional connections to everything they do are they they just feel it deeper than than we do and yeah. so it makes it harder for them to like move through it yeah and but I, just I, don't I, quit 
Yeah, yeah. And I want to I, I want to roll back to we don't teach women grit and uh, your concerns that that's a sexist comment. No, it's actually a reflection on the sexism of just everyday living. Right. Yeah. Right. That, you know, it's like saying women are bad at math. Um, but then again, we don't encourage women who maybe are talented at math to explore that or um, STEM or any of that sort of thing. It's because we live in a sexist society that that isn't. Like, there's an actual omission there. Yes, um, right. My father yeah. was the vice president of a company. He never talked to me about business, ever. Yeah. Like, I, he could have taught me so many things that probably would have saved me time, energy, money, pain, that he just didn't teach me because I was a girl. And yeah, yeah, that that um. is, like, the tough thing. So thank you for saying that wasn't sexist, because that is... Yeah, no, it isn't, it isn't that you're being sexist... Um, and I'm I'm writing down patriarchy and sexism as <laughs> content warnings. Um, yes, it's 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 because we live in a sexist society. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that is yeah, that is how yeah. I would look at that. It's just don't you cannot fail if you don't quit. Mm -hmm. And if you're feeling it, it's okay. It's okay to cry in the shower. It's okay to take the afternoon off and then just regroup the next day. But that's literally what you have to do. You just reorganize and then you keep going. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? <laughs> well, I was going to say uh, the flip side of that is um, is that men aren't taught that if you're feeling it, it's okay. Right. Right. So, like, that's what yeah. he's learning from me is, like, how to actually process the emotions that he's probably just compartmentalized his whole life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm, like, I'm trying to help him with that. So, it's, like, we kind of learn. Yeah, we teach each mm -hmm. other. It's just sad that it's happening, like, as mid 30 year old adults instead of, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, we're yeah. all just learning. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I, I still, I still have a problem. We watched Encanto this past weekend and I don't know if you've seen Encanto. I yet. haven't, but I've heard. Oh, it. <laughs> it's amazing. And there's, there's a point where I'm about, I'm, I'm getting hit right in the feels like with punched repeatedly in the feels. And because of how I was brought up, because of all of that pressure, I can't let it out other than sort of silent tears running down my face where what is happening is I, I want to take that break and just weep uncontrollably in the one scene. And, but I am so socialized and ingrained that I don't, I don't feel I'm allowed to, if that makes sense. Yeah. Or yeah. even like, <laughs> I don't even think you guys like get to a point where you allow yourself to even think about it. Right. <laughs> like you're just, automatically shoving it down there's not even half there's, the time i'm like are you having a feeling <laughs> yeah one of one of the nice things about being in gen x at this point right one yeah. of the nice things other than the fact that everybody forgets we exist um <laughs> is that um we've had to we we had an opportunity to learn this and break the patterns and really analyze it and see where it's coming from Right. Yeah. I understand that this is something that is so deeply ingrained in me that's going to be incredibly difficult to change. But and I, I hope that my sons got, you know, have one of whom is uh, a, a very like a very late stage millennial and the other one who is whatever this new generation is. Um, but, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I hope that they see it or they're able to express it differently. Um, 
because they didn't have to overcome. I, I, I didn't try to force, you know, big, you know, boys don't cry or anything like that on them. You know, it's interesting because for the younger generations, they don't even have a choice. So, like, as a millennial, like, I mm-hmm. still have a very, like, traditional-looking marriage. I do the cleaning, right. the cooking, the shopping. He does, you know, he. we both work because, of course, right. 20, yeah. 2022. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, I still do all the other household things, and he just randomly mm-hmm. walks in 15 minutes before the guests are there, right? But on the flip side of that, like, mm-hmm. generations coming up behind me, women are no longer tolerating it. Like, if you're not teaching your sons how to process their emotions and act like emotionally capable human beings, like, younger women coming behind my generation are just not dealing with it. Like, it's, I I almost feel like they don't even have a choice. They have to learn how to process their emotions and act like a fully functioning adult. Like, my generation will kind of get away with it because we saw our boomer parents, (laughs) doing it oh, right so like yeah it, it was like normal to us it's all we've known but the generations mm-hmm. coming behind me know better and yeah. i don't think that the younger male generations are are gonna look the same as what no. we've seen yeah and I'm, I'm and i'm fine with that i'm yes. fine with that you know um fine all right yeah. <laughs> so the flip side of the failure coin the yes. easy but sad question, typically, and yours was not, yours was easy but not sad, and I like that, um, is the happy but so difficult for so many people question. Okay. Do you celebrate your successes, and if so, how? Yes, and I celebrate the tiny ones, and mm-hmm. usually I will do it by popping a bottle of champagne and just eating a really good dinner. I love oh, to nice. eat, so. <laughs> That is how we like to celebrate is we'll treat ourselves to like a nice roast mm-hmm. duck or something. And then we'll, oh. <laughs> we'll open a bottle of champagne and, and just, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, just take it in. I, I think that like romanticizing your life or like soaking in those many minutes, like many moments of your life yeah. are, are huge for just your overall happiness and mental health. So <laughs> um, that's how we do, do it. anything for big things though. Um, so I guess, I guess the only like big difference is when we were traveling, Mm -hmm. if we were celebrating something, we would take a special trip. So, um, you know, something like that. But I think that now these days, everything just kind of is like the same caliber. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I shared the the moment is, but, Mm -hmm. um, it just depends. Like, you know, as a business owner, when you have like a big business milestone, most family members like don't even know what that means <laughs> when you right. tell them. So right. it's kind of like, you know, we just celebrate together. But yeah, I love, I love those days. Yeah. I um, I remember one of, one of my favorites is when my wife got her first, we were still dating at the time. Um, that was in, that was after my first marriage and now into the, you know, and, and dating her. But when she got her first, uh, two book deal. Okay. Right. She, she had gotten like huge single. Deal. Yes. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> and, and we went to the Brazilian steakhouse or as we like to call it the, the uh, meat faucet. Yes. Yeah. And that was, you know. As one does. I mean, is there yes. anything more American than a meat faucet? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
stagger out after and you have a meat coma on the bench outside. Yes. What else? Yeah, yeah. We're kindred spirits. We eat good food. That's how we celebrate, okay? (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So yeah, and the one thing that keeps me from from roasting fresh duck is that I cannot stand ducks and will not raise them. But uh, come come about end of summer, I may have fresh chicken, and that'll be a celebration, right? Yeah. For, for something big, do something really good with a farm fresh chicken that I can promise you was no antibiotics and none, you know that sort of thing. Oh, I love so. that. Are you yeah. kidding? I'm into all the homesteading, canning, preserving. Oh, you yeah? Name it. Yes, I'm obsessed. Like, we have what I call, like, my general store in the laundry mm-hmm. room. I, so my husband <laughs> says that, you know, everyone has, like, collections. Like, every human oh, yeah, has yeah, something yeah. they collect. My husband collects records. I collect wine and kitchen equipment. If it's industrial size, I must have it, right? Oh, <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Yes. I, I feel you on the chickens. <laughs> <laughs> my so. my big weakness in in kitchen stuff is coffee makers. So oh, um, so do you have like the Chemex, and then the you have like one of every kind. <laughs> I, as a matter of fact, that was that was the one I was resi- resisting, and then mm. I got a um, gift certificate to Sir Latab for the holidays. And my first purchase, my purchase on it was a Chemex and the the pour over uh, water pot. The, because, the goose bottle, yeah. yeah what do they call it? Like the that. goose neck teapot or something? Yeah, yeah something like I don't know. It was it was it was the Japanese one because uh, they always make such elegant things uh, like the Bruno, I think. Um, so I finally have a pour over, but before that, you know, I have the French press, I have the AeroPress, I have an espresso, we have a K-cup machine, I have a 12-cup drip, I have a mocha pot, because, oh my god, a mocha pot. I have, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I have, I have, like, two shelves dedicated to nothing but ways to make coffee, and it kind of yes. drives my life crazy, yeah. Um, but then... Well, she collects things, too. Everyone has a collection. Yeah, yeah. Hers, <laughs> I, I admit, all of hers are outside, although my other collection... <laughs> Rapidly becoming chickens, like oh, she does native, <laughs> native plants. Right? Yeah, she does native plants, and so uh, and and salvias for whatever reason, lots and lots of salvias. So, uh, a lot of her collection is like in the garage in the winter, or when planting season begins, or you know all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I love all way. those all those collections. Yeah. <laughs> You can tell it's getting close to day old chick time because I'm like refreshing the local feed store where I buy my <laughs> chickens from. Going, is the order form up yet? Is the order form up yet? Uh- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. So that is that's how we mm-hmm. celebrate is food yeah. and good wine yeah. and yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. At the end of every every convention, the group that uh, I work with, um, ours is. Uh, typically expensive whiskeys. Um, nice. Yeah. Which is why I have a whole bunch of ex- expensive whiskeys in my cabinet that I will, I would, if I was to try to finish it all off in my lifetime, I might die trying. Well, worth it. you gotta um, have pretty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am, I love all of my friends, and when I can have a party, I will, but I don't love them enough to say, here is a bottle of 
Um, Glenn Fittich, Snow Phoenix. There are only so many of these in existence, and were I to try to resell this, it would be at least $1,200. No, no, I'm saving that one for something big, you know? Oh, yeah. Do you yeah. have your eye on something specific? Like, what's the big thing, or is it a secret? Um, <laughs> Oh, I, I, so I have a bottle of whiskey that my grandfather bought in um, at duty free when he was president of a company in the '60s, and okay. I'm saving that for my youngest son's graduation. Yeah, I love because, those. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I admit we the other bottle he had, um, we were toasting the election of Barack Obama. My my now wife and I, yeah, yeah, it was a huge moment, and so it was like, yes, let's bring out that fifty-year-old bottle of ten-year-old blended scotch that does not taste like ten-year-old blended scotch after fifty years in a bottle. Let me tell you, um, <laughs> you know, and we will we will we will toast this momentous occasion with that. Um, we were hammered out of our gourds on. Um, I would imagine. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, I was thinking um, eight years later, we were hammered out of our gourds on salmiaki because it was the only way to cope. Uh, that was. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, so we were in Europe when um, when that happened and yeah. we were getting questioned, like interrogated mm -hmm. everywhere they, we went because we look American. Like, there's no yeah. way around it. I walk oh, yeah. in anywhere. They know for the only, actually, Scandinavian countries are the only countries that they weren't sure because I'm blonde. But beyond that, like, like everywhere we go, especially if you see my husband, because, you know, basketball shorts and, like, a comfortable T-shirt is his uniform. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we travel. And so, like, they know from the second that they look at us, and we were, like, everyone was, like, they needed us to explain. <laughs> They didn't understand. They needed us to explain. And we were just like, I, I don't know how to explain I got, this. I got nothing. I got <laughs> yeah. nothing. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, are you, I, that was yeah. a horrible, horrible yeah. day. Like, are you, yeah. Are you familiar with salmiaki, by the way? I have never had it. I've heard oh. of it, but I've never had it. We, I, uh, a friend of ours in, um, in Finland actually sent us a how to make it in your house. And, um, Anytime instructions involve um, duct tape the lid on the jar closed so oh. that hopefully it doesn't explode, I'm in. Yes. I am all yes. in. So, I know, right? Like, yeah. that's amazing. So did you finish brewing it or is it still fermenting? Where are we Oh, at? no, 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 no. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it, what you do is you take, um, are you familiar with the, uh, with the salted, Black licorice called black pepper. I think it's called black pepper. No, but um, I, I I'll look it up. So yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah. So salted I, I, black licorice. <laughs> it's it's a hard candy, right? Mm -hmm. And then you take a bottle of vodka, and it doesn't have to be expensive vodka. I think we use just bog standard absolute. Um, sure. You crush the ever living daylights out of the candy. Okay. You know, and then you combine the candy and the vodka. And I used a big, you know, I used a big mason jar because I'm in the South. That's what we do. Why um, not? <laughs> yep. And then you, you mix it as best you can. And then you basically, um, boil is the wrong word. I set the sous vide because we had a friend of ours who's an organic chemist. And I said, uh, what, what's the boiling point of alcohol? And I set the sous vide at just below that. Right. Right? So you don't burn it off. Yep. <laughs> so you don't burn it off. 
And then I, I screw the lid on and um, I set that in the in the sous vide for like two, three hours. And then you put it back in the bottle. Yeah. Um, let it cool. And then there's this sludge that sort of forms on the bottom, which is, if you like licorice, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, and then now you've got this licorice vodka concoction um, with, uh, you know, with that heavy Nor- uh, Norwegian, well, not Norwegian, Scandinavian salted licorice thing going on. And, um, they say it will cause you to have prophetic dreams, and I don't know. Uh, there, I was there was no dreaming. <laughs> no dreaming. No dreaming that night. Uh-uh. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, it, it yeah. sounds delicious, though. Did you drink you it like... straight, or did you have like a cocktail? Oh, we drink, you... it, we, we drink it. <laughs> we drink it. I drink it straight because I love black licorice. Okay, right? that makes so, sense. Yeah, yeah. It's like. Um, Oh God, crowberries! Now, now the interview is running long because we're getting. I know. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. Um, are you familiar? Uh, if, crowberries are an Icelandic berry that they're like a ground berry that you can just pick up and eat when you're on the mountains, and they do this liqueur with it. In like, we ended up bringing like bottles of it, like a bottle or two of the liqueur home because it was so good. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do when I run out, except have to pay exorbitant prices to have it imported. You got to go um, back. Well, that's, yeah. That, that's the that's what you got to do. I bring home wine from every trip we take. Literally, I'm like dumping yep. like the toiletries, everything. <laughs> I'm throwing it away to make more room for wine. And if you need to yeah. know how to get it through customs, call me. I, <laughs> I'm literally cramming that's... the suitcases with the wine to go home. <laughs> We we don't we're not big wine drinkers, but uh, you know, like one or two liter bottles of fine hard liquor, um, which will get right past customs. That'll last us a while. Yeah, so, well, because you only yeah. have like a few ounces at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you have an advantage. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's that's everything tangents and all. Um, yes. So, and and we talked about this before the show. Uh, do you have a charity you would like our listeners to support instead of giving us money because we don't need it? Yes, I would yes. love for the audience to support Calling All Crows. It's a foundation that is um, it's actually founded now. I don't know if you are old enough to remember this band, but do you remember Dispatch? Like back in the '90s when they got really really big, they had I a th- couple hits. Like The General was a big one. Um, they were huge. They played like Madison Mm -hmm. Square Garden. They had like a huge fan base and their lead singer actually Mm -hmm. runs this foundation with his wife and they are basically connecting fans to feminist movements for justice and equality. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. A a lot of his music's fascinating because he did a lot of work in like Africa when he was a teenager and that Mm -hmm. like seeing war torn countries and, and, you know, doing mission work really impacted a lot of the things that he wrote songs Mm -hmm. about. And so they have, they kind of like choose different causes every six months to a year that they're working towards. I think right Mm -hmm. now, one of the big ones is domestic violence at concerts is a big one that they're trying to help with. Um, But they've done like missions for things like um, assisting people that had like AIDS or, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that Mm -hmm. too. So they kind of rotate things around, but um, they're, they're incredibly, uh, they just do really good work and they're, they're mm-hmm. really trying to help women get freedom and get rights and, and to yeah. be safe. And so if you, <laughs> if you are looking for a charity to support, I, I would love for you to support them. 
Yeah, absolutely. And somehow I missed this band. So the name of the band was Dispatch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. Radio Dispatch. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I I'm I I love this. And, yeah. Um, I love when when <laughs> bands and their um, their members are not afraid to be political. Um, oh, they're not afraid to be political. They're yeah, they're yeah. yeah. They just started like they just got back together. So like they took okay. like this fifteen year break and then they got back together and like I mean my husband's a huge music fan. Dispatch and Jack mm-hmm. White probably got me a second date, right? Like he was <laughs> going through my iPod. He was like, "Let me see your music," right? Like that was my first test. Um, and so I just feel like. You know, these bands, like even now, they're writing mm-hmm. songs about what is happening now. They're writing uh, songs about immigration. They're writing songs mm-hmm. to bring attention to all the things that are happening across the world. And it's they're awesome. Yeah. Can't say enough good things. I, I finally, <laughs> Nick, this, this coming summer, I finally get to see one of my bucket list bands. I, I, I have the so I made a rule um, in, I guess, 2014, the uh, Lemmy Bowie fry prince rule okay because <laughs> all four of them because because lemmy died in december and then bowie died in january and then glenn fry died in january and then prince died in april i never saw any of them live i always said i'll catch them next tour yeah right i i mean i sort of expected that with lemmy but bowie and um and prince were big shock nobody was ready yeah yeah, yeah. And <laughs> that so, was horrible and I, I, I made a promise to myself that if I wanted to see a band live, I would go see them live, um, which means, you know, uh, even in 2021, the moment concerts started up, I'm like, OK, this band is on their first ever U.S. tour um, from uh, uh, Butcher Babies was touring. And I love Butcher Babies. And they had infected rain over from Moldova on their first ever U.S. tour. And I'm like, I got to go because yeah. I get to see Butcher Babies. <laughs> and Infected Rain, and Stitched Up Heart, who I'm a huge fan of. Um, yeah. And then I got to see Fozzie for the first time. I got to see um, Black Veil Brides, like all of those. Um, yeah, they had a new album come out. I never thought I'd see them tour because I found out about them too late um, when my kids were little, basically, and I couldn't go anywhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, uh, this year, uh, Rage is touring. Rage Against the Machine, a band I never They're my bucket list brand. Yes. 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 I've never seen them. My husband has, but I haven't. And I'm like dying to see them. Yes. So you're going? Yeah. um, They'll be in Raleigh in July. I'm there. Awesome. That's that's going to be a good show. I have kind of been like, where the heck have you guys been the last four years? (laughs) Um, I was expecting them to be releasing albums sooner. (laughs) So so, uh, are you familiar with Prophets of Rage? Um, the, it's like a fan group, right? No, Prophets Prophets of Rage is the band that has everybody except, uh, Zach in it. And instead, it's, yeah, so it's Tom Morello, it's, it's everybody, it's like basically the original musician lineup, but the vocalists were Chuck D and the lead singer of Cypress Hill. Okay. And the moment they said, uh, the moment Zach Delaroche expressed an interest in coming back, Chuck D was like, we've just been keeping the seat warm, man, and was like, we have no problems. They walked away, and Rage Against the Machine came back. That's amazing. Um, yeah, so Prophets of Rage, like, they were performing outside the White House. because I remember know, that. Yeah. yeah. 
Tom Morello is a very political, very liberal, not ashamed of it. Um, and I nor should he be. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I, I oh, have yeah. so much respect for bands that they have so much reach. Everyone knows who Rage mm-hmm. Against the Machine is. Like you can go yeah. to any country in the world, they've heard of them. And yeah. they're using that platform to try to make a difference that they feel is, you know, is mm-hmm. needed. I, I have respect Beast- for that. Yeah, the Beastie Boys did the same thing um, yeah. later in their career. Um, and now having visited Tibet, I am all for liberating Tibet from China. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, um, oh, and I, I don't know if you saw the thing where someone was like, I hate when bands get political at Tom Morello. And he was like, please <laughs> tell me which of my songs are not political so that we can remove them from our catalog and never sell them again yes and i'm like yeah okay you go who don't know who rage against the machine and tom morello are one you need to get educated and go check the show notes because i'm fixing that for you right now yes um, please <laughs> yes that's amazing. Well, hopefully I'll be able to get tickets. I think they are coming to Chicago. Yeah. I think my husband said something to me about yeah. it. So maybe we have tickets and I don't know. <laughs> uh, another, another, yeah, another bucket list uh, for us that um, that was great in 2019. I got to see Alice Cooper live. Oh, wow. I've never yeah. seen them. Yeah. Oh, he's 70 some years old and he's still doing the uh, the guillotine trick on stage. <laughs> I know. I hope I can do things like that when I'm 70. (laughs) That's that's pretty much what I said. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. Well, um, yes. Love this. I I love musicians. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, all right. Calling All Crows, a music-founded feminist uh, organization. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And um, everybody go support that. Please. They, they, you can volunteer at their events. You can give donations, anything. They, they'll yeah. take any help they can get. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Help the women. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> trying, man. I'm trying. One, one, you know, so thank you so much. This has been a joy. This thank has been you. absolutely fun. Yeah. Um, and if you want to come back in a year or whatever, just drop me an email. We'll make it happen. Love to have I'd you love back. That. Yeah, I would love that too. We could we can talk about how you had Tiago Forte on. And- I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah, yeah. My my bucket. I have a bucket list of guests too now that I'm I'm trying to get checked off at some point. Tiago's on there. So. All right. <laughs> Again, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and for the people at home, uh, we'll be right back after um, this. I had a blast talking to Katie, and I really hope uh, 
that she can come back uh, in some set of time and we could talk more because it was just wonderful. Um, and thank you, Katie, for agreeing to appear on the show. Uh, and again, absolutely come back anytime. All right. So our word for this week. Word, yes. Our word for this week is week ahead, all one word, W-E-E-K-A-H-E-A-D, uh, because Katie likes to work. Uh, Katie's one of Katie's things is to work a week ahead of where she is, which I'm just like, I wish I could do that. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll get that someday, someday. Um, so... Yes. Uh, so you can go to productivityalchemy.com. You can do week ahead in the little badge code box, all one word, no spaces, and you will receive a badge. And if you want to know what a badge is, um, and you know, why we issue them, things like that, uh, there's a whole how to right there on productivityalchemy.com right under the, oh, badges menu item. Um, the other thing you will find there is a support menu. And you can click it, but we would prefer that you not actually give us money. Yeah, no, we don't need it. We're, we're doing good. fine. Yeah, no, we're great. Uh, there are other people, however, who could really use money, so you should give it to them. Yes, and so um, this week, Katie suggested that uh, we give money to Calling All Crows, which is a... Um, organization by the band Dispatch that connects their fans to feminist causes, and lately they've been doing a big thing about domestic violence at concerts, mm. which is a huge, I mean, it really is a huge problem, especially um, on certain, some genres more than others, but overall, you know, we we don't want violence at our shows. We want to go there to enjoy it. We don't want anyone to get hurt. Uh, we don't want anyone to be abused or any of that stuff at it. So uh, please, go support Calling All Crows. Absolutely. Um, and, of course, we also talked about Tom Morello and his um, his uh, charities, which he has uh, many of that deal with uh, equality and, uh, you know, uh, rights of people and voting and all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, please, uh, I will link. I will link to these things uh, as well as, you know, things like, uh, uh, Katie's website and Instagram and all that good stuff. So yeah, that's it for this week. Yep. Um, I get to edit and while I'm editing, maybe, uh, I'll not listen to podcasts about cults. I, I mean, I'm not going to stop you. Well, I need to be able to hear what I'm editing. Oh, yes. Yeah, if, if you're editing a podcast, you should not listen to another podcast. Right? It's I like mean, I can't write while I'm listening to a, a podcast or TV or something because the words get into the words. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know exactly what you mean. I, I, uh, I can't listen to audiobooks while I'm working because my brain wants to focus on the audiobook. Yeah. Right? So, hey, yeah, um, y'all... Spring is coming in the northern hemisphere. Uh, autumn is coming in the southern. So, and I mean, granted, it's Groundhog Day, and it's not actually going to be the, our last frost date is like April fifteenth. So, yeah, exactly, exactly. You got a while, but uh, you know, start thinking about those spring things if you're in the northern half of the world. And if you're in the southern half of the world, man, you, it's time for fall and all the good stuff that goes with it. Get your seed catalogs, people. <laughs> The time is upon us. Yeah, and even through all of that, you know what, folks? Do your best to um, stay productive. Ordering seeds counts as being productive.
Okay, I will I will grant you that, but yes. is paging through seed catalogs and lusting over seeds productive? How else are you going to know what to order? Yes, it is absolutely a form of productivity. All right, I have I'll... decreed it, and I am on a podcast called Productivity Alchemy. All right, I, I'll accept that. There as long as looking at, at uh, the pictures of newly hatched chicks is also in the same category. I'm not here to judge. <laughs>